Liquor Land are proud partners of True Bloods and they have everything you need to gear up for footy finals. Debs, what have you been sipping on when you've not been watching the Swannies in the uh, in the finals? Look, I have been. The Red has been getting a good run here in lockdown. Then, as we as we know on this show, the Grenache and the Pinot have been uh, going down a little treat, mate. Red's quite good for lockdown, isn't it? It's nice and cosy, and you can really just sit down and let it ruminate. Absolutely, um, and it gives you that real chilled out vibe that we're searching for. I would have thought. Um, look, finals uh, fever is in the air, Deeble, and Liquorland has all the new drinks in the lead up to the big day, like Colonial Hazy Pale Ale cans. Check it out at liquorland.com.au. Uh, do you get around the Colonial Hazy Pale Ales, Deeble? No, oh, mate, I'll definitely be jumping onto that Liquorland website and getting myself a cheeky six-pack, I think, Mads. Bloody oath, Deeble. You can also sign up today to get $10 off your first purchase. Uh, for great deals on a wide range of alcohol, go to liquorland.com.au or visit your local store. Please drink responsibly, Deeble, please. T's and C's apply. See online for details. Let's start the last show for the year, Deeps. Let me just tell you, boys, it's great. Oh, please, Debs, tell me how good it was. It's outrageous. Have a look at him. Just have a look at him. He's a superstar. I'm assuming he's trained. If he's playing footy, he's trained. It's damaging, Debs. It's damaging disposal. It is. I love it. It is. Love it. Speaking words of wisdom. Up the Swatties. This is True Bloods, the number one independent Sydney Swans fan podcast. We are back after, a, you know, a little week's hiatus nearly, just a little bit of time in between shows, uh, Mads. We needed it after that elimination uh, defeat against the Giants. But we are back to review the season that has been 2021. Joined by my co-host, Madison Clark. In lockdown, in harsh quarantine, he is actually, unfortunately. But Mads, how are you coping? How is it uh, all? Are you staying together in one piece, my friend? Don't get me started on the uh, on how things are, are being operated in this great state of Victoria, Debel, because I could go on for hours. Um, yes, there's there's been I've apparently been at a tier one exposure side, so I will be bunkering down. Uh, for the remainder of the final series. Remains to be seen whether I'll actually be out um, for the grand final or not. Might not matter because things are probably not going to be open. But as I said, there I go. I'm, I'm just going on a tangent, Deeble. Let's get me off and let's talk about the Swannies. Absolutely, mate. Well, having a week to reflect on the season that's been and the elimination final loss mate it's uh it's sort of manifested with me a little bit i i can't help but think it was a lost opportunity and it, and it really it hurts it, watching the games last week especially that geelong game against the giants it it, it cut me real deep watching that because it should have been us out there and i think we would have given them a real uh run for their money mate how, how do you feel we've been a prelim now yeah yeah it's a fair I was just so confident in what we were doing. And our last eight weeks was phenomenal. Uh, You know, just dropping the one game to St Kilda there, which was probably an ideal time uh, to do so. It sort of gave us a bit of a reality check. but Bit of a kick up the arse, Steve. It did. But, we, you know, we end up finishing the season 
you know, in equal fourth, posi- fourth position, just down on position uh, percentage, I should say, to the Lions and also who was above us as well? The Lions. And I um, can't remember now. Would have played. doesn't really matter, David. It doesn't really matter. But that, that, that being said, it just shows you, you know, you just got to win those couple of games that you drop, those... They but St Kilda and Hawthorne games. That they were they were absolute bloody killers. You yeah. can't lose those games. Yeah, we would have been we would have had a double chance. Yeah, you, you can't lose those ones. But those were the games where we were off by a big margin. So look, you are going to get them in a season. The the game the season killers, Mads, for me was that. Like that game against Frio where we yeah. lost by two points and, you know, we had the opportunity to win it again and, uh, you know, where Oflo didn't uh, lower the eyes going inside 50. Um, you know, I think Franklin kicked six or something like that. Heaney was up and about. Like a lot of our good players were playing good footy, but we just couldn't get the job done. And they're the games that, you know, show at the, at the end when you're in finals contention that top four spot is everything. And that's what we needed this year. If we had that second chance, we, you know, um, I think it would have played out a lot different, mate. I tend to agree. I tend to agree. Um, that and the GWS game, the one where Kelly kicked the sealer, oh, shit me up the wall. Bang on, Mads. And, and look, that that is the perfect example of what I was just saying. When you're in the game and you you should be winning. You've had the opportunities to win, very similar to the elimination final. They're the ones you've got to win. And that's what the the excellent sides do on a consistent basis. They, they just win those games. But, I mean, that that's what I was saying to you last week. That's what I hope we can take out of this. That's what I really hope we take out of this season and out of that elimination finals loss is that to go to that next level, you need to have that killer instinct in games to say, we're better than this side. We're going to put away this side right now. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Rather than just just sort of floundering a little bit, you let them back in there, you let them hang around. It's not, it's not conducive of winning flags. Um, and we, we need to, I mean, as I said, we're not that far off, Debel. I mean, if a couple of things different things go our way, as we've just discussed. We are potentially in a prelim at the moment. We would have beaten Geelong last week, Debs. Yeah, 100%, mate. And it's, uh, look, we, we are one of the most exciting lists, and I really do think that we can go to the, the next level uh, next year. And it's it was a great season, mate. And, look, we're, we're going to go through... You know, we'll, we'll have a look at all the games, uh, you know, starting at round one and how the boys just started on fire up at the Gabba. Still remember this game very clearly. It was, you know, we were not expected to win. We're the underdogs. You know, I think Brisbane finished top four last year and it was welcome to the party. Errol Goulden, Logan McDonald and, you know, Braden Campbell in there as well and Braden Campbell. Exactly. Sorry, that is Braden Campbell I should have gone for. Absolutely. And, Look, it was just, I think we were maybe down by, you know, two or three goals at, you know, at the start of that game and signs were ominous, but we turned it around and we saw our our young bloods out there for the first time. Well, if you remember, it was 
a real big swing uh, in the second half. So it was three two at quarter time, um, them up. Then it was uh, then it was completely tied up at half time. Then we really really kicked away, and then they uh, kicked four more goals in the last quarter. Drew a bit closer, but then we kicked away. So we ended up beating them pretty pretty soundly at the Gabba. You know that was a team that what. Did they play a prelim the year before? No. Uh, they've gone out in straight sets. Uh, yeah, straight sets, straight sets. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it was a team, you know, one of the favourites for the flag. We went up to their home deck. We did them in. Logan McDonald kicked goals. Errol Goulden kicked goals. Um, it was it was a phenomenal effort, you know, and, and a, a real sign of things to come. You had Mills' first real, first proper game, as, as sort of a, a, a real leader in the midfield, has 29 of the best, even. You know, it was, it was a sign of really good things to come. Tom Hickey, although he gave away a few free kicks early, really worked his way into the game. Just phenomenal stuff, David. Yeah, look, you couldn't have wished for a better start. And look, they, these, you know, four, what did we win? Four on the trot. We won our first four. And, you know, the, the game against the Crows, Went up to back at the home deck and got it done convincingly there. Uh, you know, five goals, JPK, the standard 27. Franklin, oh, that could have been uh, Buddy's first game of the year, I reckon, nearly. It was. Um, kick yep. three, Heaney kick three, and that sort of, yeah, that set the scene for uh, what was probably my favourite game the following week. But what are, you, what are your thoughts on that Adelaide game? Oh, phenomenal. And, yeah, that was Franklin's first game back. We saw Warner do a bit of scoreboard impact. Um, McInerney started to really get going, I remember, in that game as well. Um, but, I mean, that was one of the sort of wins that I don't, I don't think we saw a lot more of in the season because that was a team that we were clearly better than and, and we, showed, we showed it by, by beating them by, you know, the better part of five goals, Yeah, right? Um, and I don't think we really showed that sort of a display against a team that that is, you know, decidedly not as good as us. Perhaps the last game against Gold Coast, you know, where we sort of let, let those teams back in a little bit. So that's more of what we want next year, I think. But this next game, Deb, I, I think I told you originally, I took uh, the little niece and nephew to the MCG, their first game at the MCG, and I sat them down beforehand and I said, obviously they, they, they were following Sydney and, and the little one, Nate, um, is, is a dyed-in-the-wool blood supporter now. And I sat them down and I said, now I just need to warn you, this is going to be a fun day, but it is highly unlikely that we're going to win this game. We're playing Richmond at the MCG. This is the reigning premiers. This is Dustin Martin. And lo and behold, Dable, we fucked them up. <laughs> oh, mate, I couldn't have put it better myself. It, this is what, mate, these are the days you live for. It was, it was sunny. Sun, sun. The sun was out. The bar was open. The beers were flowing. The Swannies were up by seven goals at halftime or something ridiculous. The queue was in the rack. We were home for all money. Warners breaking tackles, kicking goals. And 
Jeez, mate. It was just a, one of my fa- – it was my favourite performance of the year. It was just so good. So It good. sounded like a Sydney home game when Warner kicked that goal. Yeah. The, yeah. the bloody southern stand was shaking. Yeah, oh, it's unbelievable, mate. And that was the sort of – the first realisation that, you know – we were a seriously good young side, um, dismantling a side that probably hadn't been dismantled like that, you know, for a, for a few years. And uh, the young brigade just absolutely took them to the cleaners. And, yeah, it was fantastic, fantastic game. 45-point win, Mills with 31, and uh, Tommy Papley with four. as as the perfect day out, Mads, as they say. Do you, do you know we scored? 88 points of our 117 came from intercept possessions. Yeah, just moving the, the ball movement through the MCG. Yeah, it was, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a berserk start. Berserk, mate. And it was just, it was just, it really just set up how we were going to play that season. That's when sort of everyone took, took a little bit of notice of us. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, God, I just can't. I, I remember that day so perfectly. It was it was the best. And I had this, I had this chirpy, you know, you get them the chirpy Richmond supporters behind us. Guess what, mate? Your era's done. Couldn't have, couldn't have been happier that it was them. I hate them, Deeble. And I, I'm so glad that they're done now. 100%. The dynasty was over and... The, the Swannies uh, roll on with the first three and we that rolled us into the Thursday night clash against the Bombers, round four. Classic, Always a classic. Classic tight game. Just managed to to get the chocolates by three points. Parker with 32 and uh, Franklin with three goals. Yes, um, and we sort of kept... That's when we had a bit of a slip-up, Dable. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Was, oh no, it was, sorry, it was yeah, the next two games. Yeah. So. That yeah, it was sort of that was the you know, the chink in the armor sort of came against the the bombers and then we, we dropped the next two to the Giants, that uh Josh Kelly game that we just spoke about where he snapped that one um, and managed to get it through with a minute to go or something like that. Um but yeah, they're, they're the performances where you're up all the night. Um, and you let them back into the game. And I think they kicked three or four last quarter goals to, you know, get in front there. But, you know, we dropped that game against the Giants by probably our, followed by our worst performance of the year um, against the Suns, losing by 40 points. And that was when we sort of started to think that maybe these young lads were sort of getting a little bit of ahead of themselves and maybe we weren't... Um, a good enough side to, you know, do some damage this year. Yeah, it, de- it was definitely a reality check, but but probably a welcome one if you really think about it. Um, you know, you can't expect young kids like that to, to be playing, you know, this, this stellar football that they were um, 100% of the time. So I think we all just, I guess, realigned our expectations um, because, you know, that, that first... The first couple of weeks of the season really were a blur because of, I guess, the excitement. You know, we're through through April and, and into May after that Gold Coast um, loss. So it was a good time to regroup. And the next game was the one against Geelong where Papley kicked the sealer and we beat him by two points. Yeah, look, that was a 
you know, a mature performance, you know, the heart and bodies of the Cats and we, you know, just found a way to win a game. And I think that was really important to instill some belief in the side. You know, we can get it done against, uh, I think they were probably the premiership favourites back then. Um, it was, yeah, really good performance with Paps kicking the sealer there and, well, did I? I think it was Hayden McLean kicked four that game as well. Um, he doesn't miss, Devil. Yeah, until you started to put the moz on him with his kicking. But they, yeah, we saw some really good signs out of McLean, and that, yeah, that was really a, a great win for the club. Then we went down to Melbourne. Probably, yeah, again, frustrating one. Probably one we should have won um, against Melbourne on a on a pretty greasy wet night. Uh, the MCG, I took my father. We had gluten-free pies, gluten-free beers. It was a big gluten-free fest. We just couldn't get the chockies at the end, Dave, no good. Um, yeah, no, it, it was. It was one of those nights where we were close but not close enough. We just didn't quite have that polish to, you know, get it done against the Ds and that sort of show. They were the you know, starting to play some really good footy and that we weren't far off the mark at the same time. That's the thing. And I took a lot of confidence out of it because we, we actually played, played pretty badly, David. We were pretty average that game yeah. and we only yeah. lost by nine points. Exactly right. Yeah, exactly right. And then the True Bloods boys popped up to Sydney for the next game, the Magpies game. Uh, you know... It was danger signs early. I think um, uh, the, pies, the pies kicked the first couple and me and Mads are sort of sitting there kicking the chairs in front of us when we're not happy, we're, we're not very chirpy, but then the boys started uh, to come to the party, as we like to say, and the beers started to flow very, very soon uh, once we started to kick clear in that game, mate. Oh, that was a good, that was a good uh, weekend, dudes. It was, mate, and hopefully next year we'll be able to do it a few more times. But, yeah, sensational game. Boys got the job done by uh, five goals. Mills and Lloyd with 28 and Haynes was uh, good with three goals. Um, the vibe there was fantastic. God, that was – it was a real throwback to a time before um, before COVID, wasn't it? It felt, um, it felt really good. Um, to be to be at the SCG, nice sunny day. It was fantastic, and um, yeah, we really showed that Collingwood are a, an absolute basket case of a club, quite frankly, um, which was good. Another one of those games where we put them to the sword when we needed to. Yeah, shocker, Freo. Next one, Freo lost by two points. We've spoken about that one. Uh, leads us on to the Blues. That was pretty workmanlike. Workman-like performance, 22 points, getting it done against one of those um, sides, you know, we should beat. You know, our scoring prowess was on show. We've kicked over 100 points again with Buddy, Papley and Haynes kicking three goals apiece. So that was um, good signs, good signs. The next next game we stole because we should not have won against St Kilda by nine points in any way, shape or form. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wholeheartedly agree, Mads. And I think Jack Higgins had uh, multiple chances to seal that game and just could not kick straight. Missy Higgins was on full flight, in full voice, I should say. And uh, yeah, as well, that that game was a bit of a bit of a reality check for mine. It was 
Yep, big time. It was, you know, the Saints were, were nowhere near the mark and we weren't either on that day. It was a very average performance. Yep, very frustrating. Um, and then we'll skim over this one, the, the garbage display. It, it, was, it was actually a real sign of things to come. Yeah. And it was a sign that we needed uh, a week off, which likely we had to buy after this game. This was the game against Hawthorne. Uh, Friday night, build as, as, you know, a classic Sydney Hawthorne game. It doesn't really matter where we are on the ladder. It's generally a good game, like the games against Essendon are. And they just had the wood on us. It was an Alistair Clarkson masterclass. And we were nowhere. We were nowhere near it all night. It was infuriating. Yeah, absolutely, Madsen. Yeah, we'll, we'll skip on, mate. It led us into the game against the Power, the Saturday uh, afternoon clash. And frustrating game, this one. It was, you know, Parker was unbelievable. Buddy nearly won it off his own boot there in that second round. How run. was that rundown? How was that rundown? Yeah, you try, he did everything, Buddy, possible. But when you got Lysette kicking goals from the boundary off one step and shit like that, it just wasn't our night. But once again, against one of the, uh, you know, another team that is playing in a prelim this week. It showed we were so close and we were around the mark and that was a really frustrating game not to win. Yeah, yeah, agreed. And uh, then we just trundled down the down the highway to Geelong. Down or the highway to the beach house, Mats. To the beach house. <laughs> the, the vibe there, I said it the pot after, but the vibe there, James. It was like we were watching South Melbourne. Yeah. The heritage jumper was on. It was so good. It was so good, Debs. Um, It was, I'm going to say, 90% Sydney. Flanners up behind me sinking beers. Benny's over the other side of the ground. And it was just a sea of red and white to see us literally play against witches' hats. But the way we went about it was the way we moved the ball through that ground was just phenomenal. Absolutely, mate. And yeah, this is where we really started to build the momentum into the the second half of our season. Uh, We absolutely, you know, dismantled the Eagles who were, you know, got superstars on every line, but they weren't even close. Um, Got the job done by 92 points. Mills with 35. Heaney and Buddy with with three apiece. And it was just the, the perfect team performance. And then, Dave, we just rolled on into Eddie Had the uh, for the Sunday Twilight live Grenache hour, Dave. <laughs> the live Grenache hour, mate. This is sensational, and we should go to more games together because we we've got a what did we go two for two this year? We went, yeah. um, you know, the uh, Collingwood game, and then into the Bulldogs game, and this was fantastic. It was um, roof open at Eddie Had. Roof open, really good vibes. The Turkish delight, sunset. It was, it was really good vibes, and you did. We're just sitting there having a few brewskis and playing some really sensational footy. It was one of those funny games where we we're getting absolutely torn up in the middle. The clearances were all in the doggies' favour, but the way we moved the ball and sliced them up through the middle and our transition, it just showed we were good enough to, as we keep saying, to do that damage in September, we were good enough. And that, that was the, the the night where I really start, started to believe in what we could do. 
Um, Dorso kicked three. Amazing. It was three in the first half too. It was, he was crucial. And he had 26. Yeah. He's getting three votes. Yeah, look out for that three-vote performance. Absolutely. He was... Um, yeah, that we really saw what what Dorso was great all year, finishing third in our BNF. But that's where we saw that oh, this bloke is a serious, serious player. Yep, we'll uh, need to sign him. Uh, Jamara Eugle Hagen copped a copped a little bit from yours truly, Dave. <laughs> you did. Uh, you just needed the friendly reminder that we were up by four goals at the time, and it was all over Red Rover. But I just uh, keep thinking about twenty sixteen, Dave, and I just. Don't want to let up on them. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. But, um, but geez, that was that was fun. The Sunday Twilight, and I believe I was actually on annual leave as well, which was nice. So I could uh, we could tip a few in afterwards, Dable, which was lovely. Um, where did we roll on to after that? That rolled us into the Giants game, mate. And these were the run of Sunday games that we had. And it was really working in our favour, mate. We had that... That the Giants game where they got the kick head start on us by you know six. That was the COVID game. That was yep. the COVID game. Yep, Mills was a laid out and Toby Green was a laid out for them, and we um did not rock up in that first quarter, and we were the best part of six goals down, and just played the best football that I have seen by a side this year in that third quarter. It was amazing. Got out, worked ourselves back into the game, and kicked away and won easy. Debs, that, that was a real, what was on display there was the, the synergy and the cohesion around this young group who had been, we were in a, at a point in time when we had obviously all been in Melbourne together um, due to the, the COVID outbreak in, in New South Wales. And to see when we were faced with uh, quite, quite substantial adversity with a number of players going down to see the reaction in the rooms from, from the guys when guys like Dill Stevens um, and Ben Ronk all, all got a game in, in their place um, really showed the, the belief that they have in each other. So that was that was a really good sign for mine. For yours, Mats. And, yeah, absolutely. It was a, a really big win for the club. And, you know, this was the, the momentum was up and, you know, tails were up and we're playing good footy. Took us to you have a look at you should have a look at the worm for this game, Debel. Geez, it looks like my stock portfolio just uh <laughs> up and down, mate. Good lord yeah. almighty. But finishing strong, and that's what we like, Mads, in the yes, in both yes. facets. But yeah, that we played the Dockers in the next game, round 19, comprehensive there. Heaney, look out for three votes in the Brownlow next week. He was amazing, kicked the five. JPK showed he still had it. Um, having 34 and uh, that was without Mills again. So he really stepped up and it was a, yeah, a, a great outing and the, the momentum, we were flying at this stage. They started well and we just put the hammer down, which was yeah. good. Yeah, absolutely. They, uh, you know, went with us for a little bit and then we kicked away. And 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 yeah, sorry, go on, Mads. Essendon again. We took 108 uncontested marks in this match. So we played a little bit more sort of tempo, um, which was good. And, I mean, although Zach Merritt was pretty dominant with 35 disposals, um, Callum Mills had 26 of his own um, that were uncontested. Um, we did quite well in that, uh, in that department. I think Mills ended up at 33 and a goal. 
Um, but yeah, Parker showed his ability to hit the scoreboard. had had twenty six and two, which is which is what we've come to expect from the big fella. And James Hack, we haven't. I don't think we've given him enough oxygen. He had twenty eight in this game. He's crucial to our side. Yeah, he's a he's a real vital cog, our offensive cog in you know, taking on the game and breaking lines. He, he's going to be a big part of our future. There's no doubt. But that was just an offensive game, really great game to watch. And not, you don't get too many of them in modern-day footy, mate. So it was, a, it was a nice watch. And it was pretty, although we only won by seven points, it was relatively comfortable. It was, you know, we, we were up by, you know, four or five goals at some stages and they would just kick a few back and then we would kick one and, we were never behind in that game. So it was a, yep. a little bit more comfortable than it looked, but it was a, a pleasure to view that game for, you know, just the, the average footy punter. Absolutely. Absolutely. Very 90s-esque. Um, then was a shocker. You ran into an absolute shocker. Shocker, mate. Saints tore us up. We didn't rock up. And that's about it, mate. And that was the, you know, the reality check of... Uh, you cannot afford to drop games to, you know, mediocre footy clubs. And that we did. And that we absolutely did. And then um, and then we had come up against North. We weren't great. Um, but Wilbur probably did, did enough damage to get us across the line in this one, kicking three. Um, and probably could have had more if he had just had his kicking boots on, Deeble. Yeah, exactly right. Wilbur was, got it done and... Once again, it was just where we didn't sort of put the nail in the coffin uh, to the these average sides, and they just sort of kicked their way back in um, in that third quarter, and then we sort of managed to kick away in the last uh, and get the job done, and it led us into the Suns game, the last game of the year, um, comprehensive win, ninety points. Lloyd had a day day out, thirty six off half back, and Buddy. Uh, took everyone to the claims, kicked six of the best. And that was um, the tune-up for the elimination final, Mads, which doesn't really need to be spoken about. Um, better side on the day, uh, you know, a quarter of football costs us uh, a semi-final spot. And the, the last quarter will be spoken about, you know, probably for a, a long time. Um, it'll spin the minds of us for sure, but it was... Uh, yeah, one of those games that you want to erase from the memory. Yes. Yes, indeed. So let's do that. And uh, let's go to a break, table, and we'll come back with a bit of social engagement for the last time of the year. Absolutely. You know what I love, Mads? What do you love, Dable? I love the Swannies. You love the Swannies? So do I, Dable. You know what I don't like, Mads? What do you not like, Dable? I hate how no one talks about it. Ah, oh, doesn't it? Just kill you. It absolutely kills me. And that's why we do this podcast. Please like, subscribe, and leave a review on all the True Bloods forums. We're on your Instagrams. We're on your Facebooks. So please jump on there and please just tell one friend. One friend. Yes, Mads. Speaking words of wisdom. Up up the the Swatties. Welcome back to True Bloods. A little bit of social engagement, Mads. We're back for the final time this year. And geez. Hasn't the social engagement segment really taken off this year? Oh, Diva, we could love a bit of social engagement, mate. It's been so good. Uh, I know I, I talked about it last week. I'll do it again. It's been so bloody good. Um, 
speaking with you guys in the DMs or on the posts. It's been really good. It's made made this berserk year um, a lot more enjoyable, um, you know, sort of talking Swannies with the faithful. It's been fantastic. Mate, and we absolutely love talking Swannies. You hear that in our stingers all the time and we we love bringing it to the faithful. But, but what we've gone with this week and for the final time this year with hashtag ask the faithful parks has signed on for life, which is huge news for the club following on from signing our favorite son. Who do you think leaves the club in the off season and who could we potentially lure to the club? Best answers to be featured on the review pod this week. Who, who have you got one there for me, Matt? I do, mate. Jared uh, Lukens, Luckens, Lukens, Luckens. I'm going to go with Lukens. Uh, Jared says, Stevens and Hewitt will be traded. Sinclair, Gray and Ronk will be delisted. I don't, this is, uh, this is, this is dreaming. I think we should target Nick Haynes from GWS, but he might ask for a bit more than we're willing to pay at the moment. So definitely a future consideration. I don't think Malikan is up to AFL standard. In my opinion, Ramp and McCartan need the help down back. So a player like Talia is another good option. And Lipinski, Lipinski rather, would be an awesome option as another inside mid. He's too talented to not be getting selected. We could get a real gem there. Yeah, some interesting points there. I think, you know, Ronk could definitely be on the outer. There's no doubt. Um, You know, did he mention Reid in that? post he didn't you know um we'll wait for another comment then and I, I think talia is the one that i sort of take out of that and it's been brought up but that's what with the player we need whether he wants to go to a, a club like ours you know moving into state and away from his home which he, i think he's based out of melbourne originally that would be interesting but yeah talia is i would like to target him if i had a you know, if I was pushing the magnets around, as per se, Mads. The conjecture would be that he's a little bit on the older side. Yeah, I think he's 28 or 29. Um, 29. I still, yeah, I, th- I think he's still got some footy in him. Like, we're at the stage now where it's, we are in the window. We want to, you know, do some damage in this next two or three years. And I think, you know, a player with a, a definitely like two or three seasons left in him. If you could get the body right, yes, he has had his issues there, but he, there's definitely a role there for him in our um, in our starting, you know, backline, no doubt. Was that his brother that pulled the old Nadia Bartel up in Double Bay? Uh, yes, yes, it was. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Absolutely. So I don't know whether that would tarnish him getting to the club, but no, I don't think it would. It's just uh, did he have a was it Michael Talia, wasn't it? Michael Talia, yeah. Did he play a game? You know what? I reckon he probably did. I reckon he probably played three or four maybe, but, yeah, nothing. Uh, Expensive. Expensive bag. Um, <laughs> um, what Who I've got? Who have you got, David? I'll go with Matty Farrow. He's gone with... Surely this is the year we tell Sam Reid to go. He's got to be on 500-plus after his last deal. Even sinkers can go with McLean and Armity in the wing. See you later, champ. So he's sort of, you know, he's putting sinkers and McLean ahead of Reid, which 
I'll probably tend to agree with, but um, I don't know if I'd put sinkers ahead of Reed. Yeah, like, exactly. Hey, right. hey, you know what? You won't find a harder critic of of Sam Reed than I. That's it. Man. But I don't. I don't know. I just see there being a little bit more upside with Reed. I'm spewing. He could reinvent himself, and he could be an intercept marker down back. And they just haven't pulled the trigger on it. Yeah, and. Look, it's something where I would love to see him go back onto, you know, just normal money, 250, 300, a little bit probably unders, and make it performance based. And if you're getting, you know, those performances out of him, you, you get paid, you know, what you should be. But I think he's, yeah, it's just, a, it's been so disappointing for a bloke with potential and the size he is and the attributes that Sam Reed has. Definitely hasn't been able to put it all together. And it's it's disappointing because he had so much potential. He's got that athletic body. He can take a mark, unfortunately, not in the forward line. Um, but, you know, he, he's just shown glimpses, Debel, of, of being thereabouts and he's never gotten there and, and it, it kills me. But, yeah, either he has to take a pay cut or he's, he's got he's to move on. Yeah. Because yeah. he's clogging up the list at the moment, Debs. He is, mate. He's a list clogger, no doubt. But he goes on to say, would love to see more of Matty Ling and, and Gould next year. Um, I think Gould probably does stay. There has been no, not too much talk around that one, but I think Matty Ling could have uh, done his dash and sort of hasn't been able to break in and get an opportunity. Ronk and Gray also um, get delisted and surely Robbie Fox gets an extension. Um, I'm not too sure about that. I think it's been shown, especially with the selections in those last two games, that Robbie Fox is not seen in favour um, at the selection table and his days could be numbered, I feel. Um, that's yeah, I, I, I think you're right. I think um, selection says it all right, whether somebody's, whether they're backing somebody or, or not, you know. So might be might be time. I've got Adrian Broadbent. Does anyone else feel like the Vic Bias media are driving this cap squeeze talk? They've never had good resources at the Swans and every trade period, they just guess about the club, trying to sell space in their news columns by making up stories. He brings up a good point. The rumours are very, very seldom correct about Sydney. Yeah, they they get more wrong than they get right. Um, Absolutely. But, well, I'm... I am pretty confident that there is a cap squeeze going on. Uh, you know, it's just yeah, the ease of the deals obviously aren't happening, like free-flowingly. Uh, and the, the cap squeeze is real. I have no doubt about that. But And I think that's been, it's been shown in sort of the last five or six years, you know, losing some of the players that we have. You know, the, uh, Alir went last year because he got a better deal that we could not offer, right? Yeah. So fair enough. Still had a year to go on his contract. We've lost a Brownlow medalist in Tom Mitchell. Um, you know, it's it's really just the, you know, the, the deals of Franklin and going back to Tippett as well, it's they we are feeling the wrath of them probably now and, that's what there is going to be a few leave the club, no doubt. You get people on big money wrong. 
I think what hurt us more is not having the ability to trade. Oh, look, you're you know? 100% right, yeah. Like, I, 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 people are on big money. You, the way you get people to your club is you offer them more money than their club was offering them, right? Yeah. You're going to pay overs for those people, right? Yeah. Um, the, the, the fact of the matter is, I think there's a squeeze. I don't think it's nearly as bad as, as what it's made out to be. I think Tom Morris just shoots from the hip a lot of the time. Like, the, the fact of the matter is, realistically, Parker wasn't ever going. Parker wasn't ever going. And we're a pretty shrewd club when it comes to list management. We actually are. I know it may seem like we just constantly pay overs for people, but we've, uh, you're talking about a club that was in the finals for the better part of every year for 20 years, right? We, we know how to manage lists. Yeah. And unfortunately, some people are going to get a big, better deal, deal elsewhere, and that's fine. But I don't think it's nearly as bad. I think there are other uh, factors at play here. I think list sizes um, and, and the soft cap are all things that we'd be thinking about before just rushing in and, and saying, oh, Dawson, here's bloody $700,000 a year for four years, you know? Yeah. No, you're bang on, mate. And, and as, as I've spoken to you about, the, the clubs don't even know the total player payments for next year. so That's what I mean. So why would you yeah. rush in and, and pay overs for people that are already on your list? Exactly right, mate. Exactly right. So time will tell with that one. Um, but, yeah, hopefully we can get, you know, Dorso's the, the big, you know, important one to get in this off-season and, and anything, you know, beyond that is a, a bonus as such, I would say. but George is gone. Yeah. Oh, there, there, there's no doubt. There's no doubt, but we'll, we'll cover all those spots when we go through the list. I'll go with one more. Um, I'll go on with Matty Watson. He's gone. Sam Reed, Sinclair, Ronk have reached their time with us. Trade Stevens for a good pick. I don't, I don't see a spot for him in our side. Dawson Deal is an absolute must. Would love to keep George. He's an underrated player in our side. Rarely makes a mistake, but if we keep two out of the three, Parker, Dawson, and George... And, and then hopefully George as well, I think we have done well. But, yeah, he's right. They're the two um, important ones. Obviously, Parker's signed during the week. Keith Dorso, and I think George, um, yeah, could be making way. But he, he makes some good points there. Indeed, indeed. Well, um, look, we might, might cut to a break there, Debel. Um, that was our last social engagement for the year. Um, we've said all there needs to be said. Thank you so much for, for sticking with us and, um, and listening to us every, every single week. Um, and what, what do they do, Debel, when they've, when they've listened to us? Mate, it depends where you're listening, Mads. But if you're listening on your Apple podcast, you give us a like there, give five-star rating and leave a cheeky review. If you're on the Spotify, get, tap that follow button up above and, Mate, you would have to tell me the Google podcast. I don't have an Android, mate. So <laughs> you get on all the social medias. You like your Facebooks. You give us a follow on, on the Instagram as well. And you get you keep in touch with all things True Bloods, mate. But we'll throw to a break and where we're going to dissect um, the list and go through every player. So we'll be... Uh, Ruthlessly, Debel. We'll be back right after this. While we take a break from Talking Swannies, Wickland have been there for Sydney supporters from wooden spoons to finals wins. 
If you have the footy fever every weekend in the lead up to the grand final and don't want to be caught unprepared, Liquorland has you covered for those last minute drinks. Get free 30 minute click and collect from your local store and relax knowing your drinks are sorted. Debs, uh, the grand final's coming up. Obviously, the Swannies aren't going to be in there. Quickly, who do you think will be in there and what will you be drinking for the big day? Mate, I, I think Port and Melbourne will be playing off in the grand final. And a great grand final beverage might be the, the Byron Bay uh, lagers, mate. They've been going nicely. And just a, a friendly reminder that the grand final is on the 25th of September, that final weekend in September. In Perth for the first time ever, Debs. Um, remember, you can sign up today and get $10 off your first purchase. Just visit liquorland.com.au. Please drink responsibly. T's and C's apply. See online for details. Let's get back to the show. The last time in season 2021, welcome back to True Bloods. Debs, we're going to just play the role of, I guess, Kinnear Beatson. And we are going to ruthlessly dissect this list of ours. I think the selections have been a very big talking point this year, Debs. And I think that's because we've got a lot of young talent at our club. And there's only so many positions on the field, people. And we want to see uh, guys getting games. But it's funny, I think with this season, because we, I don't think we thought we'd rise as quickly as we did, we thought it could be another season of, you know, just continuously blooding people. But when we started to become a contender... I think, you know, those, those spots became so much more competitive and it became really clear, I guess, who was in favour and who was out of favour. Definitely, mate. And it's always uh, interesting, you know, come, you know, the Thursday or the Friday, whenever your team gets announced, who's in, who's out. Uh, it was interesting at times this year. You sort of... Wondered what the club had in had in mind with some of the selections and especially, you know, coming with in with a few injuries, you know, that back end of the season. Uh, are there, our thoughts have been well and truly um, presented on this show, Mads, but it's... Uh, what, was your, what was your most sort of surprising move of, of the year, Debs? Most surprising move? It was probably the belief in the young lads to play as much footy as they did and perform as they did. I, I suppose they ended up picking themselves. It's, but to start the, the season with three guys on debut against a, you know, a team that's finished in the top four the year before just showed, um, you know, how well they've done at, at, at the draft table and, you know, the, the belief that they have in these players. So that, that, that was probably, Look at 23 games in now, it's second nature. But at the start of the year, that you would not have thought that was possible. I hardly agree. And um, to, we, we really backed in those kids, didn't we? we mm -hmm. That's the beauty of the academy situation. You know, you've got eyes on these kids for so long and you you know what they're going to be able to sort of do when you when, when they debut. So it, it was really exciting. Um I, I honestly thought thought Fox being dropped a couple of times. He had it, he was pretty solid. You were you 
was it you who were the who was the a bit more of a critic of him than than other people? Oh, early on, mate, no, no doubt. Even the first half of this season, uh, I never had you know massive faith in Robbie Fox, but he proved it on field that like two for two months there, six to eight weeks, he was playing his role, getting the job done, showing more than enough and that still wasn't enough in the eyes of the selection panel. So, yeah, I wholeheartedly agree that he was probably, you know, the surprise packet to be in and out of the side um, as he was in that back end of the season. It'll be a shame. Do, do, do you want to just run down the list, Steve? Or, or we will, yeah, you... absolutely. We'll uh, start with number one, Chad Warner. Uh, second year of footy. He's... Uh, been really, really good, and he's showing the signs of an explosive inside midfielder with a, with a, a good finishing ability. He's a bull, man. He's an absolute bull, and I can't wait to see. He could be anything. He could be. He could be JPK with more speed. Like yep. that, That's scary. That's scary. It is, mate. It is. It is. And I, and I, I honestly think... That he is is going to be part of the nucleus of our team moving forward. Yep, absolutely. Uh, number two, Caden Brand, probably one. Is okay. I'm surprised he didn't get more opportunity. Uh, you know, sitting at 198 at nearly 100 kilos, that's what we need. Are back and they tried him and obviously didn't like what they saw. So he's probably gone at the end of the season. It does make you scratch your head, though, doesn't it? Because exactly. that's really what we're missing a lot. And that's what he was brought to the club to do. And when the opportunities were there, you know, he definitely wasn't a, a, a disgrace on on field by by no stretch. And, yeah, it's, a, it's a, just a bit of a funny one, Mads. Yep. Uh, who are you picking, him or Malikin? Oh, geez. Well, it... Malikin's probably just in front of him. Uh, only just? Only just. I, I don't know. Before Malikin got injured, he was showing a bit. He was showing a bit and sort of had a bit more he's confidence. Never come, he's never come back well after injury. No. He's always taken a, a long time to warm back up. Yeah. So, yeah, Malikin's still just ahead of him, but, yeah, not by far. Now, number three, Dylan Stevens. Interesting. 14 games in the two years. Absolute disgrace what's happened there and he will go and we will regret it. Now, I'm, I'm going to disagree with you there. It's, it's, not, it's not a disgrace, right? He, I don't think he's ready for AFL footy. He's an immature body. But Definitely. The... I think that's why he didn't get the games that he needed. He, his body is not up to AFL standard at the moment. And you, you can't afford to have a, you know, a, a weak link out there. Are, are they, that's how they must picture him is a weak link. 2020 was, um, 2020 was the year, though, that he should have gotten more games. Yeah. Yeah, still he should have gotten far more games. That would have been a great year to do that. Yeah, I saw. I, I get the. I understand that it's hard to, you know, just play players to get games into them. But 
Oh no, it's a, it's a real funny one. It's yes, he probably deserved the same, you know, opportunities as a James Bell, but you know, different roles, that type of thing. It's yeah, it's it's baffling. It's a it's it's a it is mismanagement, but I don't think it's a disgrace. If that if that makes sense. Fair. Um, it, that's our, our highest draft pick in so many years. It's just we, we're gonna we're gonna see him walk. As we've said all year, it takes people different time, a different amount of time to develop, right? And I do. I can just see him turning into to a really handy sort of winger. Um, that, that we're going to miss out on, unfortunately. Yeah. Yep. That leads us into number four, Ryan Clark. I think we've probably only seen him in, you know, one or two games this year, out of contract this year. He'll, I like him. I, I, I don't mind him, but I think he will fight. won't find himself on the Swannies list next year. I agree. Heen, number five. Isaac Heaney, fan. Fantastic in spurts this year. Still, you know, lacking that continuity and consistency in his game. Um, he gets consistent. He's top five players in the cop. 100%. And that, that's all that needs to be said. Superstar, A+. Plus. Um, he, he's a player that will make us go to that next level next year. If he, if he plays 10 games like he played two or three games this year, we're, we're a top four side. Easy as yep. Agreed. Logan McDonald going to be a superstar. Really looking forward to what he does next year. I like how the clubs put him on ice, got training into him, weights, all that type of stuff. I think they're being really smart about him, and I'm really excited for next year. I, I feel like in in contrast to how Dylan Stevens has gone, I feel like Logan has been managed really professionally. They've, they've gone, here's a taste. Now just work on your crafts, big fella. Yeah, perfect by the boys. He gets to train with Buddy Franklin every day. So you know, so good. Harry Cunningham, the unsung hero of the Swannies, bloods culture personified. Uh, just gets it done week in, week out. Half back plays a role, can create as well. Confidence with ball in hand, another solid year. I can't add to that, Debel. Spot on. Jimmy Rowbottom, uh, injured throughout the season, started to show what he could do at the back end of the year. Once again, games into him. He's, tw- he's 21 next month. He's got 44 games into him and he could be... So young. Yeah, so young. So young. Ready to burst out onto the onto the scene next year. I'm, I'm backing him big time. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Willie Haywood, after not starting the year um, in the side, as soon as he got his opportunity, took it with two hands. The perfect, he's the perfect third tall in our forward line. And hopefully Wilbur can go on with it next year. Yep. Sammy Naismith, number 10, gone down with Goodbye. the ACL again. I hear Goodbye. When is he contracted to? Let me just look this up. Contracted to the end of next year. So he will be at the club next year. Get that knee right. Um, he would have to pull a rabbit out of the hat. But, uh, you know, at 30 next year, um, he's pushing the barrel up uphill. He's got such a good attitude, though. Yeah, he does. 
and he's a you know a, a good clubman. I think they they like having him around. Yeah. Uh, Tommy Papley, all Australian this year. Fantastic reward for a fantastic two seasons playing that small role. Uh, yeah, perhaps he's just getting it done. Phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. He he invigorates our team like no one else can, even perhaps even more so than Buddy. He's the barometer. He is the barometer, no doubt. Well said, well said. JPK signed the year extension. We'll hopefully we'll play uh, if he stays out on the field. Twenty games required uh, till game three hundred. So massive. Uh, that'll be huge. Uh, yes. Number thirteen, Oflo, Holly Florent. Um, I towed a little bit, but uh, but great in, in in a lot of games. Yeah, just uh consistent without being fantastic. I think we want him to be at the fantastic level, but he's just not quite there. Um, yeah. yeah. Looking forward to hopefully a, a breakout season for Oflo, um, you know, around that 23, 24-year-old mark coming into the prime of his career. Absolutely. Millsy, huge this year. The Rolls-Royce. Future um, captain. Yeah, absolutely. And Hopefully get that Achilles right coming into preseason and not too much else needs to be said about Millsy. No, he um, has just been so good and I think we will see him polling very well on Brownlow night. I tend to agree. He's a a real real standout for our club. Um, Sammy Gray, delisted, just hasn't been able to break in. Got a... A small forward in Tommy Papley doing a better job. You're not going to play too much footy, unfortunately. Yeah. Braden Campbell, number 16, uh, showed everything that he needed to. The more footy he plays, the better he will get. And can't wait to uh, see that left boot in full action next year. Oh, yeah, it's so good. I mean, it was just unfortunate him and Errol didn't get got injured because we would have seen... Um, He's uh, Jared Healy said he's one of the best kicks he's ever seen, and and God, he's he's got a good action. Uh, I can't wait to see him him develop. It's going to be a really exciting um, career ahead of him, I reckon. For sure, mate. Yeah, looking forward to Braden next year, no doubt. Will Gould have not seen him yet. Turns twenty one next year. Time will tell. We haven't got too much to say. Haven't seen yeah. him. Uh, yeah. That's all. That's all we've got. That's all. I saw him at VFL level. Yeah, and he wasn't quite no. there. I just, yeah, I just don't think he was. He was quite there. So good on them for not rushing him into it. That's it. That's it. Sinkers. Goodbye. Yeah. Um, he's a depth player at out of contract. Uh, out of contract. Yeah, 32 next year. An absolute warrior. Warrior, serving for the club in some tough times, the, you know, the last two, three years. But, yeah, with the, with the, the ruck stocks, you know. Every time Naismith went down, he would have been like, fuck. Yeah. He's not a ruckman. Yeah. People forget that. People yeah. forget that he's not a ruckman. Yeah, yeah. I reckon that he could get thrown a bone. Um, 
to, yeah, just on a rookie, possibly, just for some depth there. But, yeah, once again, pushing the barrel uphill, I feel. Yep. Matty Ling, I think, could be gone as well. Saw him a couple of times last year. Yeah. Uh, wasn't seen this year. Uh, had a few injury troubles. I think he could be struggling. Yep. Sam Reid, number 20. Goodbye. I, th- I, th- I think everyone knows our stance on him. Um, I, I, I don't think he will be gone from the club personally. I think he will be hanging around. Yeah, look, opportunities and list sizes going down possibly, but yeah, who knows? He's the uh, a frustrating one, that's for sure. Yeah. Errol Gordon, number 21. <laughs> Got oh the eight, managed to get the 18 games into him this year, which is massive. Uh, yeah, look. Going to be a player, special, special player. Okay. How was the blind turn on the finals? Blind turn, composure hit the target. Sorry, boys. Blakey. He's be a big, big finals player, Debs. He will be. He's rich. Re- moment did not overawe him one bit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He's huge. Composure. He's, he's the most exciting player on our list. Yeah, absolutely. Nick Blakey's improvement uh, oh. from start to finish, most improved this year. Um, My man, Dable. The Liz found his spot and, yeah, performed excellent when he went half back. The big Budwa gets it done consistently. Not too much needs to be said. Give him a longer contract. Look forward to golf out 1,000 next year and huge effort from the big Budwa. Number 20. Let's go, dudes. Let's yeah, go. We'll try and get up for that for sure. Rampy, uh, consistent up back, doing what he can. Hope I hope we get a key back so that releases Rampy a little bit. To Yeah. I, I, I really want Rampy to be that Jared McVeigh role. That's sort of where I see his next year or two. Uh, you know, just the calm head off half back. Um Really, really important role to be played in these next couple of years. Ben Ronk, number 25, most likely gone. Gornski played two, probably two good games in his career for the Swannies. And yeah, that's about where it stands. Yep. I'll never forget him starting that fight in Geelong, though. Yeah, exactly. There's two moments for you. Seven, yeah. seven against Hawthorne and the, and the fight against the Catters. Yep, loved it. The skipper, Luke Parker, signed on four more years. Best and fairest winner. Massive, most so underrated on like a, a footy scheme here in Melbourne, but huge. So happy. Women are yeah, underrated, Debel. Scoreboard impact. Good for 28 disposals. So good. So good. So Best set shot in the comp, hands down. Love it. Justin McInerney, huge improvement this year. Um, played, I think, 20, 22 of the 23 games or something like that. Really took his game to the next level and looking forward to him next year. Bloody oath. Louis Taylor, most likely gone, unfortunately. I feel like... Don't mind him. 
oh, he's got something to give. He's a good depth player, but yeah, I think um, he's struggling, old Lewis. But you need depth players. You do. You do. Number 29, George Hewitt. Hopefully we're talking about him still as a swan next year. Uh, fingers crossed. Somehow he, he signs on, but it, it's not looking good, Mads. Well, it'll, it'll really show if Tom Morris is full of shit or not. Exactly right. It'd be, I'd I'll love him to stay. Look, I would do, I would do a lot he of... He was immense. He was immense against GWS. Huge. I'll, I'll do so much to keep George, but in the, this modern AFL world, it's, he cannot keep everyone, and I think he could just be the result of that at the end of the day. Yeah. Tommy McCartan, 70 games into him, under 22 years old. Massive at centre-half back this year. Huge, huge improvement. Found his spot in this side and looking forward to what Tommy can do next year. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I would, honestly, I know Ali's an All-Australian. I'm pretty happy with Tom McCartan playing that exact same role. Exactly, mate. Exactly. And I don't, I don't put my head under a pillow every time he plays on, you know. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm just confident whenever Tom McCartan's got the ball. Yeah, no, 100% agree there, mate. And leads into the other Tom on our list, Tom Hickey. Great recruitment, uh, oh. changed our dynamic, provided plenty around the ground, kicked goals, and, yeah, was huge for the Swannies this year. How many years of a contract do you think he's on? I'm not asking you to check necessarily, but do you know? Uh, I will check for you because, you know, footy wire is just that reliable. <laughs> I can definitely get you that information. It'd just be nice if it was in alphabetic order, but he has signed <laughs> till the end of 2023. So, oh, that's wonderful. So that'll be the end of his career. Yeah, most likely. Most likely. That brings us on to uh, number 32 a player who has been spoken about a lot on this podcast in James Bell. I can't say anything more than I haven't already said. <laughs> exactly right. Um, I don't think he earned his games this year. And I think the selection at in that elimination final is very questionable. But look at... Oh, but he's a good pressure player. Yeah. How about he kicks a set shot? <laughs> Jesus. He says, but it's very surprising the cl- how the clubs dealt with this one. Playing him those seven games in a row or whatever it was, that activated a trigger in his contract and he's contracted for next year. So he was out of contract at the end of this year, was he? Correct. Yeah, right. Correct. No, look, man, I, I mean, I, maybe we're a bit harsh on him. I, I don't know. We're just, it's nothing personal. It's just calling it how you said and... Yeah. He didn't deliver in the final and he didn't deliver in any other game I saw. So 100%. That's where we're at. Now, I'm going to just mention three players together because these are probably the established guys rather than the rookies that are left to come. So Dorso, um, fingers crossed, toes crossed uh, that he his two-year deal or whatever gets done because he was massive this year. It must be said we've stuck with him um, through some injuries and hopefully there's a few credits in the bank um, where his loyalties lie. But 
hopefully the deal gets done and Dorso can go on with it next year. I'm sure it will. Colin O'Reardon, um, yeah, speculative. Um, I like him. Let's just see when he's... Good attitude, Debo. I'm, I'm big on the intangibles. He's got a good attitude. Yeah, out of contract at the end of the year. So that will be one we will hear about in the in the coming weeks. Yep. Uh, Lewis Malikin, Jake Lloyd. Um, Malikin, just not quite getting it done for me, but if he has a big preseason and a bit of confidence in his game, um, it's probably a spot there, but, you know, there's some development still to come in Lewis Malikin. Yeah, if he if he gets a good run at it, doesn't get injured, that'd be handy. Yeah, and Lloydy, Jake Lloyd is just doing what Jake Lloyd does, ultra consistent, and um, yeah, Lloydy will do what Lloydy does. Yes, he will. Now the remaining players on the list, um, a lot of them we haven't seen. Joel R. Marty played the seven games this year. Um, definitely got a future at the club. Looking forward yep. to what Big Joel can do. But Mark Seethers, Barry O'Connor could be an Irishman from memory. Almost uh, certainly with a name like that. Oh, here's one. Hayden McLean. Sorry, should be mentioning him. Um, out of contract. Will be interesting to see what happens in the offseason. He will, you know, draw some interest. But I'd love- Was he one of the ones that we picked up in a mid-season draft? I don't think so, mate. No. I oh, know that was... Um, that was Noel. Noel. Yeah, Michael. That's Noel. right. Um, no, Hayden was great all year, mate. Yeah, showed enough. Um, yeah. And, yeah, so, yeah, McLean, Fox in the same, as we've discussed before, in the same spot. It'll but be you need McLean. Season. You need McLean if, yeah. if Buddy goes down, you know. Yeah. And then uh, unknown player in Lachlan McAndrew. Um, but, yeah, that's sort of... Rounds out the list as such and our thoughts. And the off-season is always an interesting time. Um, we always seem to pull a little bit of a rabbit out of a hat and turn a, a recycled player that seems to have no future into a, a, a well and truly a role player. So keep your eyes peeled, True Bloods. Um, the Swannies do know how to get it done at this time of year with list management and at the trade table. So... We will be looking on with uh, fine interest, Matt. We will. We will. Um, but, Dable, I reckon that probably wraps us up for, for season 2021. It does, mate. It's been a pleasure, um, you know, normally being in the Horde studio. It's been a pleasure getting in there with you for our therapy sessions after a game, mate. Whether it's a win or a loss, we rock up every week and get it done, mate. But uh, a special you thank do. you to you and... A big thank you to the faithful out there. Um, we've taken the show to a new level this year and we've tripped our audience from what it was last year and it's been great fun, mate, and we appreciate the support and uh, hopefully everyone sticks fat with us next year um, leading into season 2022. I think they will. The faithful are a very, uh, very enduring uh, bunch. And, Devil, thank you for, for all your music producing work, uh, getting, getting all this mixed together because Lord knows I, uh, I couldn't have gotten it done uh, if, if I was left to my own devices, Dave. So very, very well done there. Faithful, thank you very much. I've said what needs to be said there. I 
we bloody love you. We bloody love you. And um, thank you for coming on the journey. And, uh, and we'll do it all again next year. That we will, Mads. But until oh, we, you might hear from us in the off season with a, you know, a list wrap up if there's, um, you know, a few trades go through and delistings and that type of thing. But until then, True Bloods, this has been True Bloods, the number one independent Sydney Swans fan podcast, speaking words of wisdom. Ah, uh, uh, the, the Swannies. Swannies.